Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Alex Hoskins. Alex bowled one year collegially at William Penn University. He is now currently a technical customer service representative at Storm. So, Alex, Tim Berg, and Coach Casey of Clemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. All right. Well, Alex, I have to tell you, me and Steve, when we were talking about setting up some interviews uh, or future interviews, and we said, let's wait until after the Masters, because there's usually always that one story of someone who, who kind of sneaks up out of nowhere and either makes a top five or a top 10. And, and lo and behold, it was, it was Alex Hoskins, you know, looking through the folks who you beat. You know, you, you had to go through Chris Barnes, EJ Tackett, Pete Weber, you know, Martin Larson. You know, it just seemed... Uh, Seemed like kind of a crazy list. At what point, when you were bowling, did you you know did you think, wow, I really I kind of have something? Was it after that you know after the 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 qualifying after the twenty four games, or was it was it still kind of where you had to pinch yourself and say, I'm really doing this sort of thing? I yeah, I honestly even right now it's still I don't think it's really hit me that I bowled all those you know those great players and you know was competing alongside them. Uh, I felt really good after qualifying. I knew I had a, a pretty good look, and it just it, it was whether I could come down to executing it or not. And and what was it, that, you know, kind of specifically in there that that you really felt like you had a good look? Because you're talking about a tournament like that. We've got you know about 400 of the top professional and amateur players, really from around the globe. What what did you you have that maybe some of the other other players weren't seeing or didn't have? I just felt like I could stay to the right a little bit easier than everybody else and get my ball still to see the mid lane, but still be pretty smooth off the end of the pattern. It just gave me a better entry angle to the pocket, and it just it made my scores a little bit higher than everybody else's. And did that format, kind of the quick you know, matches, did that make it even a little bit easier so that you didn't have as much time to be thinking <laughs> about what you were doing, you know, what you're doing when you were doing it, when it just says, oh, I got a ball at 11, now I got a ball at 2, now I got a ball at 6, you know, it's just so quick. Yeah, I really, I really liked the format because, again, it just it puts you up against whoever you're bowling, and it's it's an even playing field. You are on you are on the same pair as your opponent, as opposed to you know if you catch a couple bad pairs on your cross or this or that. It, it really just comes down to you know breaking down the pattern the right way and executing your shot. And you had some experience a little bit, you know, just a few months ago or so, bowling against some of these guys too. When you went down and bowled in the in the U.S. Open, how did that compare to you know versus your experience here, lane conditions and in nerves and patterns and all that kind of stuff? How how would you look at those two? Honestly, the U.S. Open is what I owe the entire Masters performance to. Um, I learned so much from the U.S. Open about you know how much different they break down in the PBA. Um, just how everybody plays the lanes different, the thicker oil that's used. It, it just really got me ready to do much better at the Masters. Yeah, and how would you say you spent a little bit of time bowling collegiately at um, 
William Penn, uh, how would you say that yeah. experience also helped you to prepare you for where you, you know, where you are now in, in your bowling and, and even, and honestly, even your bowling and your education, because also, you know, we should say you, you work at Storm and you're doing some, you know, you're with them and helping them out too in a great way. So talk about how your collegiate bowling and even your academics are able to help you to, to end yeah. up where you are right now. Yeah, collegiate bowling. Yeah, collegiate bowling was great because it just, it, it was really my first uh, step outside of the, uh, you know, my, my local region. So I really got to see a lot of the talent. I got to meet a lot of new people. Um, it, it taught me a lot about teamwork and relying on other people and, you know, working together with, with everyone. And, I mean, there's no substitute for a college education. I mean, I wouldn't be here today working at Storm if I didn't make it through and get my degree. And and why William Penn? How did you how did you end up there? That's a long way from uh, it, it, from Idaho, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Yeah. It was a little ironic. Um, I had a buddy that uh, actually went to school there that lived kind of close to us, and he was like, "Hey, have you ever thought about collegiate bowling?" And I was like, uh, "No, not really." And uh, ended up getting a scholarship, and you know, went and gave it a try, and it was it was a good experience. So how does it? How does your? How do your experiences at Storm? You know, I mentioned some of the folks you had to go up against. How does it kind of help to work at Storm and see Pete Weber walking through the halls or Jason Belmonte, and maybe even be able to go out there if, if you ever have done that, where you go out there and oh they're bowling, I'm going to go. You know, so it's not as big of a, a starstruckness, I guess you could say, to where you 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 see them and it's a little different relationship than a, a, a different person who, you know, maybe he's had a little bit of success in college, but has never even stepped on the lanes with Pete Weber. Yeah, exactly. It, it did kind of take the edge off a little bit um, because, you know, I had already become familiar with them. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't as big of a deal to be bowling there next to them for the first time. Plus again, the U S open really helped because I was there and, uh, you know, I was competing alongside him there as well. Now, now getting to and, and you don't know this, Tim, but getting to getting to know Pete Weber a little bit here off the lanes and stuff that that didn't mean he was going to cut you any slack in your match or anything, was it, Alex? Why don't you <laughs> why don't you kind of just talk a little bit about that match, bowling? Because you're in the top eight. I mean, it's he wants to win that Masters as bad as you he, does. He's he, never he's never he, won that Masters. Had, yes, exactly. He had never won it and. Um, I got to admit, I, I tripped a two pin against him and I kind of slapped it out and man, he came back and threw one dead flush and he gave me the business. He really, <laughs> he let me know that, Hey, you better keep throwing them good or else I'm going to overtake you. And it was just, I mean, he's been an idol of mine since I was little. So it was just a dream come true. And I had to make sure I made good shots after that. It was just an amazing experience. So I have to say watching you on TV you, it looked like you had done it a hundred times. You didn't really look nervous. I'm sure you were on the inside, but how were you able to manage your nerves on on TV? I mean, and then it got down to the tenth, and like you, you know, you didn't you didn't make a bad shot. You just you know you you wrapped a ten pin, so it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, wasn't bad. But gosh, how were you able to maintain everything and and um, and just keep your nerves at ease? I guess it it, it was really strange. Um, the night before and the morning of, I was beyond nervous. And then as soon as I went down and started rolling some balls, I think I got some adrenaline in me and got the lights on. And, man, I just felt, I just felt natural like I was at home. And uh, I, I didn't think about anybody else. Uh, I just went and I tried to make 10 good shots, and 
that's what I did. Yeah, that's, uh, I tell you what, that's got to be some, uh, you know, as far as some, got to be some kind of uh, comfort to be able to kind of know now that when, because you're going to be in that situation again, you know, in the future. I, I mean, so. uh, this is going to be the first, I think, of many, uh, uh, you know, times that you're going to be bowling underneath the big lights like that. And uh, to be able to manage that, uh, that, that pressure and that anxiety and, and make the shots that you want to make. Uh, but even doing all that, it can't be, you know, I, I, it has to be a little bit different than what you expected it would be like now because you probably dreamed about this situation growing up, you know, your whole life. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that everybody always says that I, I felt like was definitely true was it goes fast. Um, I, I felt like I threw the first ball, and <laughs> all of a sudden it was the 10th frame. There wasn't much in between. Yeah, so talk about what you, know, what you do at Storm. You're the um, technical customer service representative, so you know, you're dealing with folks and helping them out, and you really probably understand the equipment <laughs> a lot. Um, so how did, yeah. that, how did that even help you in the tournament? Because honestly, you, know, you, see, you see the equipment all the time on a daily. You, know, you live it, you breathe it, and you know, again, it also does go when you know, Storm's motto, the bowler's company, uh, obviously, truly, you guys are the bowler's company. Yeah, um, anybody that calls in emails, um, I'm always here trying to help them out, give them the best advice that I can, and it, it definitely helped me. Since I've been here, I've learned so much about you know, ball motion and how lanes play and everything, all the styles, how they, you know, how to break, uh, break the lanes down and everything. Um, all of that just kind of came together, and, you know, I'm just trying to use my knowledge and practice what I preach here to everybody and see if we can get some good results with it. It kind of along those those same lines, Alex, because you do field so many phone calls. What what are some of the the common questions and most you know what do the most people want to know when they call you and ask for advice and support? Is it choosing sure. the right ball? Is it the right layout? What you know what is it? Number one and number two, right there. <laughs> what ball would be for me and what layout do you think would work the best? That's that's always. And, and how do you determine that? I just try and get some information on their style, um, what they're bowling on, what they've had success with in the past. Um, like I've said before, it's, it's all pieces of a puzzle that you've got to put together to you know, give them the best recommendation possible. One of the things that's made some, made some news as of late is the, the U.S. Open is going to be an invitation-only tournament. It's limited to the first 144 bowlers based on a, a criteria. And to the credit of the USBC, in my opinion, it was based on criteria. It was uh, you meet these certain criteria and you're going to be invited to the tournament. Um, the flip side of that is the amateurs like yourself who are part time, you know, work full time and only bowl part time. That probably means your guys are going to be left out. So what are your thoughts on, on the, you know, kind of the new new way things are running, at least for this year? I still think that it's a, it's definitely a good way to run it. It uh, it brings the prestige back to the event, and it's not like it's not to say that um, all the amateurs are completely out because there's still again those qualifiers that if I wanted to try and you know get into it, I definitely could. It's just I have to earn my spot now instead of being handed my spot. Yeah, I think they had masters qualifying. Uh, uh, scores, or, you know, they had some spots that were reserved for that, but that would have been for 2016. So for 2017, yeah. based on how you qualified, yeah, maybe if they keep that same criteria again, you might be on the uh, auto seed for the uh, 2018 U.S. Open. I'm not sure, but cross our fingers. Hey, question, question I've got for you, kind of going back to the Masters a little bit here, Alex. 
uh, I've heard a lot of questions uh, asking about, you know, why so much urethane uh, was going down the lane there. What, what was up with that? There was, the pitch blacks were all on the show. I heard there was a lot of them in qualified and that. Yet it yeah. seemed like there was a lot of oil. And normally, you know, urethane works best when lanes are pretty dry. But what, what did you – I know you didn't use a pitch black on the show or – or really a whole lot during the tournament, but uh, what were those play- what were those players? It wasn't just the two-handers. I mean, you had uh, the, you know the Darren Tangs, and uh, and he doesn't have an extremely high rev rate. Um, what was what was he seeing, and the other guys seeing that were choosing urethane? To me, a lot of the guys that threw urethane, they could get they could get the ball to hook off the gutter. So it was just about them wanting to kind of do what I was saying, where I could stay to the right. They felt like they could probably stay to the right only with urethane where I felt like I could stay to the right with um, reactive. And, again, the high amount of volume, they had as much tug room as they wanted because it would just it would hydroplane all the way there, but they still felt like they had some bounce off the gutter. So you could kind of get a nice, pretty nice look both directions. And the urethane ball doesn't break the lane down nearly as fast. Yeah, so that uh, that was my question, I guess, for both you guys is, you say that, um, and Steve, you're you're correct that you know neither of the Tang brothers really have what you would consider a a Jason Belmonte or an EJ Tackett type hand, but they do probably they they do have more revs than your average guy bowling league. So um, that's something that I more think more than is, you or me. Well, <laughs> yes, that. that's something though that is I think <laughs> lost. That, I mean, you and and great news for Storm, you're going to see a whole bunch of pick black you know pitch black sales, but people do have to realize that just because they're they're winning with them on TV and the guys are making shows with them you still have to have the right condition for that, that bowling ball for it to hook and be successful. Yeah, you, de- you definitely do. And the other thing with you know, having the right ball is that that is really only one piece of the puzzle. I mean, even if it is the right ball, you still got to figure out where you're going to play on the lane. You got to figure out your, you know, your lay down and your launch angle. And then you still have to match up the surface and the layout as well. So just choosing the ball, is that's not the whole picture, right, Alex? I mean... Yep, exactly. And and on a pitch black, the surface is enormous to get it to read the lane in the right spot. Awesome stuff. Well, Alex, we thought we'd catch up with you. I know it's getting getting close to closing time, so you probably got some last minute last minute emails you maybe have to catch up on before you head out. But we thought we'd just talk with you for a little bit. Uh, appreciate you sharing your time and your insight on things, and all the best of luck uh, there at, at Storm. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we will see you out there uh, out there again soon. I hope so too. Thanks for having me, guys.